Well, I'm going to assume that you guys all remember to set your clocks forward, or maybe there are some of you in the room that just think that the first service started a half an hour late this morning, and you're still uh, oblivious to the fact that we've changed our clocks last night. I hope not. Hey, uh, I'm actually I'm glad you're in this service. I have to tell you that at least uh, for my part of things, the last service um, was just one of those awful moments that you think I can't get done and get off of the stage quickly enough. I got to several places in the message, and I had this blank look on my face, and the blank look went with the blank spot in my brain that said, I have no idea what comes next. (laughs) So, you know it's bad when you leave the service and your wife says to you, honey, that wasn't very good. So, (laughs) hopefully things will go a little better. So, you'll just know in this service, if I get a funny look on my face, my brain is just messed up, and I'm really not sure what to say next. So you can just laugh at me while I find my place and we'll move on. I happened across this uh, this week. Uh, it's, uh, these are uh, notes that were actually written on hospital charts. Okay, listen to some of these. About one patient. The patient refused an autopsy. How exactly did they protest about the autopsy? Here's another one. Note, patient recovering from forehead cut. Patient became very angry when given an enema by mistake. I'm saying, you have to think about this one. She is numb from her toes down. I don't have much feeling there either. One more. The lab test indicated abnormal lover function. I think they meant liver function. There's a bunch of those. Um, If you have any interest at all, I'll uh, throw all those up on my blog this week and uh, you can read the rest of them. Well, we are in week four of our uh, series, The Enemy Within, and we've been talking about some of the enemies that all of us seem to battle at times in our lives. And uh, as we said the very first week, these enemies can be like uh, having a gorilla on your back. You know, they, they weigh you down, they take away your energy, and most importantly, they hurt your relationship with God. And we've been saying all along that each of these enemies really is sin. And really for our own good, for our own well-being, we need to deal with each of these enemies. And so that was what we've been trying to do. Now today we're going to talk about the enemy within called laziness. And I know, in a world like ours uh, that is filled with Blackberries and emails and Twitter and calendars where there's no white space left on them, our tendency would be to think, well, that's not really an issue for my life. Now, wouldn't it be? Now, we would admit that, you know, I, I may struggle with some pride in my life like we've talked about in other weeks, and I may carry around some bitterness occasionally, and, and maybe I struggle with anger a little bit, but really, for somebody who would love to have just even a moment where they could put their feet up and relax, is laziness really an issue that I need to be worried about? Well, the short answer is yes. It's interesting to me that the early church fathers ancient years ago, they made a list of the seven worst enemies within, or as they called it, the seven deadly sins. And do you know what they put at the top of their list? Laziness. That's what they said was most threatening to us in our lives. Interesting, isn't it? And if we're really honest this morning, a lot of us deal with laziness. Laziness is the, is the silent killer in our lives. We don't even notice it is there until we suddenly one day wake up and we see the damage that laziness has done to a particular area of our lives. 
I want to show you a clip from a movie. It's the Bee movie. It's the story of Barry the Bee. And Barry protests that the humans are consuming all of the bees, all the honey that the bees make. And so he goes to court to stop the human consumption of honey. And he wins his case. And so they are now going around collecting all of the honey and returning it to the bees. I want you to watch what happens. I don't understand why they're not happy. We have so much now. I thought their lives would be better. Mm. They're doing nothing. It's amazing. Honey really changes people. You don't have any idea what's going on, do you? What did you want to show me? This. Oh. What happened here? That is not the half of it. Oh, no. They're all wilting. Doesn't look very good, does it? No. I think that is a great metaphor for what laziness can do in our lives. You see, when we stop working, when we stop paying attention to a particular area of our lives, we are lulled into this sense of inactivity. A slow but sure erosion begins and the health of a, that particular area of our lives declines. Now, it can happen to a lot of different areas of our lives. It can happen in our relationships. It can happen in our finances. It can happen in our parenting. It can happen to us um, even in our relationship with God. It is a slow but sure erosion and the results can be devastating. There's a passage in the Bible that warns us about the dangers of laziness. And I want to look at that briefly this morning. It's found in Proverbs chapter 24. In fact, if you brought your Bible, I hope you did bring your Bible, uh, open it up, and I want you to follow along here. This is one of those great little passages in the Bible that it would be worth you, if you're okay with writing in your Bible, to, to circle this and maybe even take some notes here today and, and go back and refer to this occasionally because laziness is this silent killer that creeps into our lives. And it's one of those things that if we don't 
stop and examine fairly regularly, it will creep back in and we won't even have realized it. So Proverbs chapter 24, Proverbs comes right after Psalms and right before Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon. Here's what he says, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30. I went past the field of a sluggard. Now, it's just another word for a lazy person. In fact, I think we have little creatures called slugs or maybe sluggards. I find it interesting, you know, that's not a very popular uh, little creature. You don't go around and hear any colleges who picked up the nickname, hey, we're the fighting slugs, you know. Uh, actually, I did read about one college this week in California that uh, they are the fighting banana slugs. Very intimidating, I think. I went past the field of a slugger, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed, and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, scarcity like an armed man. I've never been to Napa Valley in California, but I've seen a lot of pictures and heard people talk about it, and it seems like it must be a beautiful place. That the countryside is just covered with vineyard after vineyard after vineyard, row after row after row of grapes. And I do know this about those vineyards. They didn't get there by themselves. And they're not, they don't stay beautiful by themselves. Someone had to put them there and someone has to care for them. You know, laziness, one of the realizations that we need to come to about laziness is that we're in charge of our lives. And if we're not careful, we can just be lulled into this sense of activity of thinking it, it'll just take care of itself. The writer of Proverbs says that he walked by this particular vineyard and he was very disturbed by this, I think. The, he saw this particular vineyard was a mess, covered with weeds and thorns and the walls were broken down. You know why that disturbed him so much? You have to understand a little bit of the culture of the ancient Middle East. In their culture, to own a piece of property that was... Um, that you could grow something on was one of the most valuable things that you could have. And to have a piece of property that you could grow a vineyard like this on was the opportunity of a lifetime. Laziness has a way of blinding us to the idea that we only have one shot on this planet. Only one opportunity to take good care of our vineyard that we've been given. You know, we've all, when we were born, we were given a vineyard. When we were born, we were all given the vineyard of our body and our mind to look after. Along the way, we have probably picked up some other vineyards. We probably have gained the vineyard of relationships that we're responsible for. Along the way, we have picked up the vineyard of finances to care for. And for a lot of us, along the way, we have picked up the vineyard of our relationship with God. And we're responsible. Now, notice that as this man passed this vineyard, he looked at it and he was disgusted by it. He said, everything's a mess. You know, between the lines you can read, he was pretty disgusted by that. And he was suggesting by his words there, I think, that as he looked at this vineyard, he could see what could have been. He could see that as he looked at this vineyard, it could have been healthy that it could have been an opportunity for its owner, that it could have brought joy and fulfillment and a lot of income to the owner of this vineyard. And he wonders as he looks at it, what happened? Was it a catastrophe? 
Was it, was it fire? Was there a drought? What caused it to end up in this shape? And he quickly realizes it was none of those things. It was sheer negligence that resulted in this vineyard looking the way that it did. And we've been given these vineyards to care for. How often in our own lives do we look at them and over time the weeds have started to grow up, the thorns have started to grow, the walls are broken down. And if we're honest, it's happened because of our inactivity. I, uh, Craig Larson is a writer and I read an article by him this week. He was describing some things that have happened this winter in Chicago. It's been a really bad winter up there. And he was describing that in one of their snowstorms, this huge icicle formed on the side of their house. And uh, he said, the first time I saw it, I thought, you know, I probably should not park the cars in the driveway because that thing may fall. But he just thought, you know, I'll, I'll take care of it later. And the day went by and he saw it again and he thought to himself, ah, you know, I really ought to move those cars. Afraid that thing's going to come crashing down on one of them, but I'll do it later. One morning as he was leaving for work, the thought crossed his mind again, but he thought to himself, you know, it's going to take me five or six minutes to move all four cars in the driveway. I'll end up being late for work. I'll do it later. His wife actually came out later the same morning and saw the, the ice hanging up there and thought, you know, I probably should move the cars out of the way, but I'll do it later. So she went back in the kitchen and began to do some work around the kitchen when suddenly she heard this loud crashing noise and she went out to discover that it had fallen, sure enough, on one of their cars and had destroyed the windshield. The deductible cost them $250 to replace the windshield, but the price they learned, or the lesson they learned, was priceless. You see, they learned a lesson about laziness. Laziness is all about, I'll do it later. We have this tendency to, to justify our inactivity. To think, hey, I'll just uh, take care of it later. And that's exactly what we find happens in verse 33. Notice what the writer says there again. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Sleep, slumber, folding of the hands. They are all words that express a passivity or an inactivity, don't they? And how often in our own lives is it because of inactivity that we end up in trouble? Now, you know what? Our, the danger for us is not that I say, I'll never do something. The danger for us is I say, I'll do it on Monday. Isn't it? I mean, isn't that the official day that you start a diet or an exercise program or you say, I'll read my Bible starting then? We don't say never. We say, I'll do it later. When it comes to our finances, you may look at the vineyard of your finances and say there are some problems. You know, I, I want to get out of debt and I, I need to start giving to God and giving Him out of obedience my tithe. And I want to be generous to other people. But, you know, now's not really the time for me to start working on that. I'll do it next year. Or when it comes to our prayer life, we think, you know, I know I ought to pray. Because I know that if I would pray, that would make my life a lot better. I, I need that for my relationship with God. But, you know... I think I'll wait till I get a little more, a little older. I'll be more devoted to that in a, in a few years when I'm older and I'm more mature. Again, the danger is not that we say, oh, I'll never do those things. The danger is I say, I'll wait and I'll do it on Monday. I'll do it later. And you know what the reality is? The reality is that laziness is a slow fade. 
of bad choices today that lead to sad consequences tomorrow. Did you catch that? Slow Laziness is a slow fade of bad choices today that lead to sad consequences tomorrow. Thank you. 
I do if suddenly I look at my life and I realize I have allowed a slow fade? So, so what do I do if one day I look out the window of my life and I see that in the vineyards of my life everything is covered with weeds because I've let laziness creep in? Well, the writer of Proverbs says that if that happens, we ought to look at the ants. That's right. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. If you go back just a few chapters. He says the ants give us an example. And we looked at this passage several weeks ago in another context. But listen to what he writes here again. Chapter 6, verse 6 says, Go to the ants, you sluggard, you lazy person. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Now I think there are two particular lessons that we could learn from the ants that give us some insight into how do I deal with laziness. The first, notice the ant requires no external motivation. No external motivation. There's no overseer. There's no ruler. There's no king who says you've got to act now. And if we're waiting for somebody else to tell us the right thing to do, if we're waiting for our boss or our parents or a friend or a teacher to tell us the right thing to do, we're in serious trouble. It's your vineyard. It's my vineyard. I'm responsible. I need to act. I need to do the right things. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't tell other people what I'm doing. It doesn't mean that I don't want to be accountable to other people. In fact, I ought to tell some other people, I think God is calling me to work on this area of my life. And here's some things I'm going to do. Will you ask me how I'm doing? But bottom line, it's my vineyard. I'm responsible. I need to act. The second lesson that I see from the ants is the law of opportunity. You notice they're gathering in the summer. I don't know if that's the easiest time or the most pleasant time for an ant to gather its food and to store its provisions for later in the year, but that's when they were working. And maybe for you, it is summer in your life. Maybe for you, you look at life right now and you think, you know, Man, my, my kids, they're so demanding right now. Now's not really the time for me to, to fix the vineyards of my life. Or, or maybe you look at your right life right now and you think, you know, work is just so ridiculously demanding. My, just, I just want to wait until my job changes a little bit and I, I have some time that's freed up. Then I'll work on the vineyards of my life. Maybe you think it's my schedule. You know, my schedule is just so hectic. And as soon as, as soon as I free up some time in my schedule, as soon as I can make some changes to my schedule, then I'll give some attention to my vineyards. The ants would say, it doesn't matter what season you're in. The season is reality. And you need to act now. If you keep putting it off, it's that whole tendency towards inactivity. I'll just do it later. And slowly but surely, laziness will creep in and the weeds will spring up in your vineyard. It's your vineyard. And now is the time to act. Here's some good news. You are not alone in taking care of the vineyards of your life. God wants to help you. Now, He's going to wait on you to take the first step. He, he's going to say to you, you, you take that first step. You act in faith 
to begin to work on whatever vineyard it is that needs some attention. But as soon as you take that first step, I'll be right there. I'll join you in the process. And you won't be alone. I will help you clean up the vineyard. I'll help you rebuild the walls. I'll help you get rid of the weeds. So here's the question. What vineyard in your life needs some attention this morning? Maybe for you, it's the vineyard of your finances. Proverbs chapter 3 has a lot to say about our finances. It says there that we are to honor God with our wealth. That we are to, to give God the first fruits of our crops. The Bible teaches that to get the financial vineyard of my life in order, the first step is to say to God, God, you can have control of my finances. God, I'm going to honor you first with my finances. And God would say to you, you know what, if it's the vineyard of your finances, then take that first step in faith and I'll join you in the process of helping you to get your financial vineyard in order. Maybe today it's the vineyard of your physical health that needs some attention. Maybe if you're like me, you have not been exercising like you should. Or maybe you kind of look at your diet lately and think, I have been consuming a lot of food that really isn't that good for me. Do you know what Paul, a leader in the early church, said? He said in one of the letters that he wrote that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. The Bible says we're supposed to take care of this body that we have been given. And maybe, like me, You've allowed some weeds to spring up in the vineyard of your physical health. Now, I'm not suggesting that we need to be obsessive like some people in our culture today are, but we ought to take care physically of the physical vineyard that God has given us. Maybe for you this morning, it's the vineyard of your soul. Maybe for you, it's the vineyard of your relationship with God. Maybe for some reason, you have never even worried about this vineyard of your life. Or maybe at one point you had a really healthy relationship with God, but you have allowed laziness to creep into the vineyard of your soul and the weeds have sprung up. And it's time to give some new attention to this vineyard in your life. Then when God created the world, He stepped back and He gave us a choice. And He watched as Adam and Eve made the choice to sin. And He watched as everyone since then, including every one of us, has made the choice to be disobedient to God. You know what God could have done at that point? God could have just kind of stepped back and said, well, that's fine, that's your choice. I'll just let the consequences play out. I'll just let you spend eternity in hell. But that wasn't His plan. No, God's plan that's so clearly spelled out in John 3.16 was this. God's plan was that He said, for God so loved the world. That's us. We're part of the world that He gave His one and only Son. That was Jesus Christ who died on the cross. He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him, whoever is willing to place their trust in Jesus Christ, whoever is willing to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow You all the rest of my life, won't, shall not perish, but will have eternal life, gets to spend eternity with God. That's God's plan. And maybe in this vineyard of your life, you have been doing the I'll do it later thing. You've never said to God, never, God, am I going to follow you. But you have said over and over again in your life, I'll start on Monday. Can I plead with you today as urgently as I can that today is the day that your, the vineyard of your soul needs attention? 
Today is the day that you need to accept for the first time maybe God's offer of forgiveness for all of the wrong that you've ever done. And you need to begin to trust Jesus Christ to lead your life. Maybe for you today, you have taken that step at some point in the past, but again, you've allowed the the weeds to grow up in the vineyard of your soul. And maybe today, as we sit right here in this room, you need to decide, you know what, God? I'm going to start doing the things that I need to do to make my relationship with you healthy again. Because I don't want there to be weeds in the vineyard of my soul. I don't want the walls of the vineyard of my soul to be broken down. And so God, today, not tomorrow, not next week, not a month from now, today, I'm going to start doing the things that need to be done to make it healthy. You know, the reality is whatever vineyard in your life, one that I've mentioned or maybe one that I haven't, whatever vineyard of your life you've allowed through laziness to let the weeds spring up, Today's the day that you need to stop justifying your inactivity and you need to begin to take the steps to restore it to health. Don't let laziness lull you into a sense of inactivity and don't let the weeds just keep springing up because someday, if you do, you will look out the window of your life and you will be overwhelmed by the damage and the devastation that's happened. Would you pray with me?